Welcome to another Toonami pre-flight. If you just tuned in and didn't see the Toonami pre-flight logo, here we are. So today we're going to be talking about the movie Memories, and, and some also of our fondest memories from our life. Some of our well, actually, that would be an interesting episode. Do you have some? Do you have like that? That I, I was thinking about memory when we picked these, and because we were doing movies about memory, and just about how tricky memory is. Did you? I don't really enjoy This American Life, but I did watch it when it was on Showtime when they had mm-hmm. the TV. And the first one, I think it was the first one, they were they animated this thing telling a story about when this guy saw Jackie O in real life. And oh, then the no. end of the thing is like, the only thing was he was never there. This is his wife's memory, and he's heard the story so many times that he's convinced himself that he was actually there. Totally. Just like the way you... How often do you think you have false memories? I mean, this construct that we call life, <laughs> you know, I would say daily. I think I have false memories all the time. I'm always like, nah, I didn't say that. And it's always like, yeah, no, you did. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, think- I think I think for me, it's more things that happened before. Like, are, do you actually remember it? Or are you remembering the story right. that you've heard? Well, I think it's like your brain. And you have. I feel like you have little flashes and then it's just sort of the connective tissue is what... E- I tend to think that you only really remember clearly either incredibly traumatic or incredibly powerful events. And that otherwise, the further you get from a memory, the more blurry it is because your brain is constantly having to make space for new information. I don't have that problem. (laughs) Except for people with photographic memory who I've never met and don't believe actually exist because I've never met anyone other than seeing them on a TV show where it's like, Oh yes, and they have some crazy detail. Like I don't, I don't actually believe those people exist. I mean, maybe a couple do, but I think it's probably incredibly rare. What's your earliest? Like, how old would you see? You don't have to tell us what the memory is, but what? How old was your first memory? Do you think? Um, I don't know that this is actually the first one, but like the first traumatic memory I had was right before I had my first concussion when I was second grade, probably, and I was climbing a tree and my brother was in the tree and I had like a stick that my was forked pushed me no but the the last thing I remember is the stick breaking and uh, then I don't remember anything for like six hours right and then I was at my house and I was like what the fuck and came to and I think that's more like what I was saying like you've I've had that conversation like with my mom right. where she's like knew something was wrong because I just came in was like dead inside <laughs> so like you are now well she's I, I put on she a good face around her yeah, so yeah. okay I try to mimic what I think are human emotions. And you were never the same. Yeah. Um, But yeah, growing up in Pennsylvania was, so it's like big snowstorms that were probably like three, two feet or three feet. But when you're a tiny little kid, feel like we're never getting out of this house alive. Sure. Um, And shit like that. But not, I don't remember like before kindergarten, probably. I don't think I anything. Uh, Yeah. And then even then it's just like vague impressions. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, and I mean, shit, I barely remember stuff from my 20s. I mean, you know, I think the older I get, I'm going to, this is going to be a fucking blur. Yeah. 20 years of Turner is going to just be like. Oh, I thought you meant this. Gil sucks. Pre-flight episode. That's all I'll remember. You remember episode 123, though, when we had those good times. (laughs) That's true. I don't even remember half of these fucking pre-flights. All right. So let's talk about um, the movie Memories. Um, This is, this came out in 1995. And it's also known as uh, Katsuhiro Otomo's memories. Of course, the uh, creator of Akira. He has been involved with several um, animated anthologies. I think he really likes the opportunity to produce um, anthologies and give other creators a chance to do something different. And then it gives him the freedom to not have to like come up with a come whole up with a whole thing. big story, but just make a big thing out of yeah, it. Yeah, but just do enough of a like twenty minute thing that he can sort of exercise some of his design muscles i mean primarily most of his shorts are don't have a lot of story yeah and it's, just, this is a cool i kernel of an idea yeah. or this thing looks cool right. and we'll make it that's literally a piece it. Out yeah because um, i think most of his storytelling he got out doing akira and then steam boy you know um so this is an anthology of three short films um, that was released i think as a straight to video i don't think it was released as a theatrical. yeah i don't think it was either um and they're all by pretty legendary creators. Um, and really, only one of them has anything to do with memory. But because it is such a... The first one is the longest piece, and it's the most well-regarded piece. And it's 
you know, the most interesting piece. They just decided to name the whole thing Memories. But really, the other two shorts have nothing to do with memory. So yeah. it's a little misleading. It really should just be called Memory, and parenthetically, <laughs> and two other shorts. So let's watch. So I have, uh, I think I have two different trailers. I have like an American one and a Japanese one. I can't remember, but let's watch the first uh, trailer. What? You couldn't remember. Uh, yeah, true. I can't remember. Couldn't remember. So let's watch the first trailer. So this is that is a fan made edit by Dark Ryu of just uh, he made a movie trailer just out of the first story. Magnetic Rose is the first story. So um, Magnetic Rose is written by Satoshi Kon and it is an exploration of memory and how we deal with trauma and loss. Um, so burying yourself in denial in denial yeah so the story is basically a salvage crew is on their way home and they get a distress signal so pretty much alien (laughs) and they have no choice but to investigate it because it's maritime law that if they don't investigate a distress signal they receive then they don't get um they get their licenses revoked so they don't want to check it out but they have no choice so they go check this thing out and it's this big dilapidated broken down space station that seems totally empty and as the two guys that go in to explore it get deeper into it they start having hallucinations about this opera singer who lived in the ni- in the early 1900s and yeah and in the beginning you're it doesn't you're not sure if it's hallucination or you don't know if it's a hallucination or there's there's there's, like there's this, holograms yeah. in the thing so it's a mix between ho- something messing with them and them hallucinating and basically it boils down to the opera singer went crazy and has this backstory where she killed her lover and she is trying to recreate that lover by turning one of these two men that come in into uh, you know like convincing them that that's who they're the reincarnation of this lover and it's never really clear if this is a ghost in the machine like if literally because this was her she evidently was buried out here in this space station i don't yeah, know they- how they don't really get into it, but it's never clear if it's an AI of her that's gone crazy or if it's... It's a bit of a weird mix between a lot of really specific information, but then, then like gaps. Other, yeah. And it's like, so it's definitely a, supernatural. So, um, and it, it, the one guy, Carlo, it, it convinces that he is the reincarnation Miguel. of her lover, Miguel, right, of Carlo. And then the other guy, Heinz... Uh, he Heinz has lost his daughter in a freak accident, so he carries this trauma around with him. And she tries to convince Heinz to stay by recreating his daughter and his wife yeah. and his happy home life. Much like uh, Star Trek Six. Yeah. <laughs> and because Heinz has been through this trauma and pain, he realizes that no matter how much he wants it to be true, that 
you know, believe that this didn't happen, that this thing actually did happen, and he lost his daughter, and there's no getting her back. Um, so then they, he, they, Heinz tries to escape and basically ends up having to, the ship gets crushed, and, and it ends in a pretty dark way with the station convincing Miguel that he's Carlo and he's gone forever, and then Heinz escaping, but he's just floating. He, the floating good news out is he's space. alive. But he's floating the out in space in his spacesuit. Yeah, so he's likely going to die. Um, so it's pretty dark, but it's really good science fiction. It's got some great music. It uses all like classical music, and it uses it really well. Like it's just a really good sci-fi horror. Yeah, short. And the, the designs are really amazing, and yeah. the action choreography is great. I don't think it's been. I have it on DVD, but I haven't seen it. It hasn't come out any other way. It hasn't come out on Blu-ray. Much like all of these anthologies, Neo Tokyo, Robot Carnival finally got remastered, but like um, Neo Tokyo and and Memories. And and you used to be able to stream Memories on Amazon Prime, but now it says it's like temporarily unavailable or something like that. Maybe they're remastering it. Um, So then let's look at the trailer for like, this is a trailer for the overall thing. And then we can talk about the other two shorts. So, kids, that's what promos looked like in the 90s. Yeah. Um, so, the other two pieces, one is called Stink Bomb, and it's a black comedy. So, basically, it's a salary man who's been asked to transport some materials, and he accidentally ingests a poison pill that reacts with another... He thinks... He's, like, sick, and he yeah. thinks they're cold pills. And he takes and it. And he just takes and it's a And it's an actually an experimental weapon, and so what happens is he starts to really stink... And his stink kills people. Like it's it's like that SpongeBob episode where they yeah. eat ketchup and onions and they they have rancid breath. But anyway, uh, and as he goes on, the stink gets bigger and bigger. So the, it's a dark comedy about yeah. the, him not knowing what the hell. If is there going was a on. Mr. Bean yeah. moment where he killed a lot of people, yeah, it would be it. that because that's what he is. He can't understand what's going on. He doesn't understand why everyone's dying because he can't smell the, his own smell. And so the government is going goes to increasingly desperate lengths to stop him, and they end up not stopping him, and he just kills everyone. I never heard of this before, but it's evidently based on a real. Thing oh yeah, that it's was based on a real story. Gloria Ramirez. It was like showed up and people started dying who were she showed up at the hospital and people started dying who were working on yeah. it and they weren't sure if it was like mass hysteria or yeah. not and. Yeah, and she, like was, she was she was taking sulfur pills of yeah, some and kind, it was, sulfur dioxide, and it was making her, the it chemical reaction with the other medications yeah. they were giving her, and it made her give off this smell crazy. that was poisonous. So this story, which feels like something from like the twenties, and it was like totally. nineteen eighty one or it was something. like yeah, typhoid Mary type stuff. Um, and then the last one is actually written and directed by Otomo himself, and it's probably the one that has the least amount of actual story. And it basically imagines a world where it's it's a steampunk world where basically it's two societies and all they do, their entire society is designed around Warfare. an ongoing war that ne- nobody knows why they're still, why they're fighting each other. They've been doing it for so long that they just, it's just a part of who their entire society is. So the kids go to school to learn about warfare and they help make bombs. The adults get up every morning and go to factories where they either make weapons or they're fire, fire these giant cannons. And it's like a fascistic society where all the workers have no choice but to, you know, be a part of this war machine. And then there's a, sort of counter-revolution, sort of communist 
group trying to rile the workers up and and they're beaten down and ignored and believe it or not all this is played as like somewhat goofy and lighthearted. Yeah. but so it's very otomo because it's concerned with you know the effects of warfare is concerned with society and how we get ourselves into traps thinking people are the enemy i mean like it definitely is all the themes of his work but it's also about a lot of really cool big equipment moving around <laughs> it's like and the animation's cool. like it's sort of set up to where it's like one continuous action like yeah. uh take yeah it's like one shot it's all one shot and it's got a weird sort of goofy Euro sort of style to it. I think he wanted it to look like it reminded me of um, this uh, European artist, Otto Dix, that did a lot of World War One um, sort of um, caricatures. And he was a he was a political sort of cartoonist and an artist. And it looks like his work to me. So clearly there's a strong World War One European art influence. Um, but you can tell it's just Otomo being like. Yeah, I'm the man. I can spend some money and do this thing, and it doesn't have to mean anything other than you know my little kernel of an idea. Yeah. Um, but taken all together, it's an interesting anthology. Just like almost any anthology, it's hit or miss depending on what your preferences are. I think it's pretty clear to anyone that Magnetic Rose is the superior one, um, but they're all fun in their own way, and yeah. they're all really well animated and gorgeous to look at. And Magnetic Rose is like 45 minutes, and then the other two are like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. So it's pretty easy yeah. to blow through um so it's out on dvd you can still get it i'm hoping that eventually it gets remastered i mean since discotech remastered robot carnival i'm hoping that neo tokyo and memories get remastered because they're both great and that the animatrix like all these great anthologies because i really love all of them um so check it out if you haven't seen it uh it's out there and since we've done favorite anthologies 17 times. I know, yeah, we had to. So let's, uh, that gets us into our topic of the day, which is what's your favorite movie about memories? And um, there are a lot of movies that contain memory as a central conceit, but I tried to pick movies that I felt were somewhat about the process of memory and how memory plays tricks on us or how memory ends up being important to us as humans um so maybe i did that maybe i didn't but first up we're going to talk about christopher nolan's first movie memento um some would argue his best movie um i think it's definitely one of his best movies still um he wrote it with his brother jonathan and uh if you haven't seen it i'm not going to go into too much trouble explaining it but the movie is structured in a way so that the main character the main character has a head injury where he basically will forget anything that happens after a minute or two. So like he, he has no ability, no long-term memory beyond a certain point. Like he, before his injury, he remembers his life. He remembers being married. He remembers his wife dying and he is searching for the man who killed his wife, but he forgets everything he learns after about a minute or two. So he has tattoos all over his body, sort of with clues leading to who he thinks the killer is. The movie itself is structured so that you're as confused as he is, kind of. And it actually is told, the story's told backwards. Um, and so, he's the ultimate unreliable narrator, so it's yeah. even more confusing. Yeah. Um, it's a movie that isn't really that complex, but it's edited in a way that you end up going thinking it's complex there's a ton and ton there's a ton of memento explained on youtube and i'm like how fuck how dumb Just are you that you need it explained minute, an hour and 42 yeah. minutes and then watch the last five minutes <laughs> yeah. and it explains itself uh, um so here is a clip because there's the trailer kind of sucks so um here's a, a clip that i think is a, is i think this is spoiler alert this is a pretty penultimate moment in the movie so let's check it out live in a dream kid a dead wife to pine for, a sense of purpose to your life, a romantic quest that you wouldn't end even if I wasn't in the picture. I should kill you. Quit it, Lenny, come on. You're not a killer. That's why you're so good at it. Come on, what are you doing? You know what time it is? It's beer o'clock, I'm buying. Fuck. I'm not a killer. I'm just 
just someone who wanted to make things right. Can I just let myself forget what you've told me? You can't take it. Why not? Because the guy you just killed owns it. Somebody will recognize it. You know, I think I'd rather be mistaken for a dead guy than a killer. I might hang on to this for a while. Lenny. Look, don't let me... Will you help me find the keys? Help me find my keys. Lenny! So that's basically so if you haven't the seen the movie, movie, hopefully you forget that's that clip because that's the whole movie. That's basically he finds out that the guy who had been helping him was using him to kill people that he wanted killed and run scams. I mean, it is a good system. <laughs> um, so then uh, next up is, uh, of course, a classic, uh, and that is 1950s uh, Akira Kurosawa movie Rashomon, uh, something that every film student sees pretty early on. <laughs> And for good reason. Um, it kind of introduced Kurosawa to the international community and was sort of one of the first big, really well-known uh, Japanese films post-World War II um, and sort of kicked off a wave of amazing Japanese filmmaking. Um, so Rashomon is a story that is based on a book. Uh, the book wasn't called Rashomon, but it's based on a book where it's basically a... Woodcutter finds a body in the in the. It starts off. It's all about storytelling and how people tell lies or remember things differently, or how your point of view defines basically your whole existence. And one action can look totally different between two different people because they have totally different perspectives. So it starts off with a woodcutter talking to these two guys on the road, and he tells a story that he's been disturbed by. That a couple days ago he found a body in the woods of a woman. And he uh, went to the local magistrate, and the local magistrate had a thief in jail. And basically, it's it, it then turns into you. But you get to see the thief's point of view from what happened. You get to see the woman's point of view from what happened, and the her husband, who was a samurai, his point of view from what happened. 
and then you get to see the woodcutter's point of view, or there's a guy who saw the the crime. So you get to see all these different perspectives on this one event, and everybody has a totally different perspective, or everyone's telling a different story. So it's basically how do you figure out what's the truth? So it's structured sort of like a mystery, but it's very much about not just memory, but how we lie to make ourselves the heroes of our individual stories. Um, so this is, I think, the official trailer for Rashomon. So let's check it out. Simpsons Rashomon joke where Marge tells Homer he loved Rashomon when they saw it and he's like I don't remember it that way yeah um, great movie you know when you see that Janus Films logo you know you're about to see some old some classic good shit. shit some old shit but some good shit and then finally uh, my most recent uh, pick is of Terrence Malick's great probably his last great film uh, The Tree of Life not the Dragon Ball Z movie uh <laughs> Um, so this movie is basically about, uh, Sean Penn plays a character who's an architect who is sort of having a midlife crisis and he is remembering his childhood and particularly his memories of his mother and his father. And he has a very idealized, um, memory of his mother. Um, and he has a very sort of troubled, uh, memories of his father. Brad Pitt plays his father, who's sort of a uh, a musician who couldn't become a professional musician and was forced to just take jobs to feed his family, and so it embitters him, and he's sort of a rough father. And then um, the mother is remembered in the, almost as like a holy figure because she was always the one who supported and took care of him. So the movie is sort of a mix it starts off with actually the birth of the universe there's like a 20 minute section that's just abstract like planets being born but it's a pretty amazing way to start a movie uh, and then you go into the, someone being born and it's sean penn and then it starts off sort of with his memories and it flashes back and forth between him in the present day struggling with his sort of past and then him uh, in the past as, as a young man. Um, so it's really beautiful. Like I said, it's one, it's not my favorite Terrence Malick movie, but it's up there. Um, definitely his last good one. Um, definitely his last. <laughs> I mean, not his last, but definitely it's his last one that was any good. Um, so Jessica Chastain plays the mom, and um, let's check out, uh, I think this is the trailer. It's a, it's a, it's a great movie. Two ways through life. The way of nature and the way of grace. You have to choose which one you'll follow. You're an alligator. You'll be 
grown before that tree is tall. It takes fierce will to get ahead in this world. Come on, hit me. Hit me. Come on, son. He's afraid of you. You expect things that a mulling adult can accomplish. I've just always wanted you to be strong. Be your own man. memories i think that that movie actually has a a really good perspective on how memories actually feel like when you watch it it feels like you're watching memories it's crazy Uh, so those are three of my memory movies nice skill you're very aggressive do you remember any memories i do um first for me is paul verhoeven's 1990 classic not that bag of shit remake uh (laughs) total recall uh, based on the yes. Philip K. Dick Ow, my head. short story, come on, Cohagen, give the people the come air. Come on, Cohagen. Are you going to show that clip? No. Give I, these people the air. There's a surprising, I think they scrubbed <laughs> YouTube of the of, 1990 movie. Oh, really? When, when they the, came out? Because the there's a shit ton of, of stuff. Of the dumb the, new yeah. shit. Um, this <laughs> is a very strange. <laughs> it's a great movie, man. Artistic representation of Total Recall. Of him so, being in the thing. Ah! Arnold plays um, Quaid, who has, Quaid. A recur- who has a recurring nightmare, has a, has a recurring dream about uh, going to Mars. And so get your ass to Mars. For some reason, he decides it would be a great idea to go to recall and <laughs> go to Mars in his mind. It, that's not really here nor there. So it starts on this uh, journey of what's real, what's not. Is he has he been to Mars? Is this all part of the game? Is he actually a secret agent? Is he a secret he agent? False implanted memories. Um, so this is not highly representative of the movie, but you do get to see Arnold kick some ass. Um, so let's check out this scene of them sort of explaining what's going on. I looked for the schizoid embolism clip, and it's like mm-hmm. the only one is somebody shakily recording the movie with uh, their phone, and yeah. we're professionals. So let's check out this other clip. It's okay. Right here. Thank you for taking Johnny Cab. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Hey, Quaid! Gary, how was your trip to Mars? What trip? You went to recall, remember? I did? Yeah, you did. I told you not to, but you went anyway. What are you, my father? <laughs> Come on, I'll buy you a drink. Listen, I'm already late. Thank you very much. But... <laughs> hey, right hey, 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 bring him out here. Hurry. Come on, move it. Let's go get that drink. What's going on? What the fuck did I do wrong? Tell me. You blamed Quaid. You blamed about Mars. Are you crazy? I don't even know anything about Mars. You should have listened to me, Quaid. I was there to keep you out of trouble. Harry, you're making a big mistake. You got me mixed up with somebody else. Uh Uh-uh, pal. You got yourself mixed up with somebody else.
It's really an existential study in the Jungian duality of man that those three guys could somehow shove Arnold 400 <laughs> yards down the hallway and then he rips all of their heads off with his bare hands. <laughs> yeah, he breaks all their necks. And he's just like, what did these hands fun, do? Fun fact, uh, when Dollar Theaters first came out, this was the first movie I saw in the Dollar Theater. Solid. Because I liked it so much, I saw it six times. <laughs> that was, was a like, good $6. I think spent. I was like 14. I mean, like, I was like, fuck yeah, yeah Total, Total Recall again. Yeah. I would watch that movie six times today. I have watched, yes, I've watched it many times. Um, next is uh, a movie that at least we've at least talked about a couple of times, but um, we haven't shown this scene, so it's kind of new to you since. And that's uh, Michelle Gondry's <laughs> Eternal Sunshine. If you haven't seen it, mind. it's new to you. Uh, slash Jim Carrey in uh, not in his probably his best. I would. I mean, role. it's definitely his best movie. I don't know if it's his only good movie, but, but it's definitely his best movie. Yeah. I mean, what is there? Truman Show and yeah, like one or two others. Oh, The Mask is good. <laughs> and uh, oh, right. There's Ace Ventura too. Obviously, right. you know. Um. So. Jim the number Carrey, 23. Yeah. Just Jim Carrey and Kate career. Winslet are a couple, and then they're not, which is the way the world goes. Uh, and Kate Winslet has decided to erase Jim Carrey from her memory, and so people aren't supposed to talk to him about her. And this is the scene uh, where Jim Carrey finds out uh, that he should go to recall and have a memory of Mars implanted <laughs> in his head. So let's check it out. You know, Valentine's Day is three goddamn days away. I want it resolved. I'm willing to be the one to resolve it. So I call her, and she's changed her number. So I walked over to Antic Attic, you know, to get her something. I thought, you know, I'd go over to work, give her an early Valentine, and you won't believe it. She's there with this guy, this really young guy, and she looks at me like... She doesn't even know who I am. Excuse me? Can I help you find something, sir? Hey, we made up. Patrick, baby boy. What you doing here, baby? Just came to surprise you. Let me know if you need something, sir. Hey. How are you? Oh, good. Why would she do that to me? Hey, does anybody want to join? God, Rob, give it a rest. God, she's punishing me. I know. For being honest. It's horrible. I should just go around. No, 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 no. You, you don't want to go there, man. You don't want to go there. Get off. It's too... Right. Yeah. I don't want to seem desperate. Joe, why don't you just see this as a sign? Make a clean break. Mm. Right? Right? Oh. <laughs> All right, Joe... Look, man, seriously. Rob. Here's the deal. Don't do that. Rob, what are you doing? Well, what's your fucking suggestion, Carrie? What's your brilliant reason solution? Oh, you're huh? going to make this about our shit now? This isn't about us. I agree. It's not about us. It's about Joel, who's an adult, okay? Not Mama Carrie's kid. What are you... That's your laundry. That's great. That's good. Place that does a thing. Some place that does a thing is a tagline that I'm going to use at some point. <laughs> uh, and last is uh, Inside Out, Pete Doctor's third in a lucky string of successes of Monsters Inc. Up and Inside Out, um, where you find out how memories get made. 
Do they show that? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, remember. that's sort of... I thought the Inside Out was more about emotions than memories. Well, there's like... core memories, and that's the islands of... Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I forgot. I've only seen it once. Your emotions impact how memories get made. Gotcha. Did you not like Inside Out? No, I did. I just didn't. Why have you only seen it one time? <laughs> I just haven't had an opportunity to see it again. Um, so the movie basically... It goes into other people's minds, but it's mostly following around Riley who, on her move from Minnesota to San Francisco... A sad journey for everyone who's ever done that trip. Um, and she... <laughs> Why? Because she pines for Minnesota, but she lives in San Francisco. Like, get over it. I don't think it's a sad journey it's, for everyone who yeah, does I was that kidding. trip. Okay. I, I couldn't tell. Time You're so dry sometimes I can't tell, buddy. These are the jokes. That's the that's the gill way. That's the gill way. Um, but she's very sad because she's as a traumatic experience for most people moving. Yeah. Leaving everything that she knows behind. Yep. Um, like hockey... And all the good stuff in Minnesota. The other things. So it's a movie about like growing incredibly up. Incredibly hot, wet summers, incredibly yeah, cold, brutal winters. Mosquitoes in the summertime. And flatlands. And frostbite in the wintertime. Wisconsin. And Fargo. <laughs> the place for you. Um, but uh, let's see a scene that will teach all of us a little about memories and emotion. It might just teach one of us how to cry. Wow. All day. What? what was she wearing last? Do you even remember what? Riley. Oh, oh, we were worried sick. Where have you been? It's so late.
Yeah, now I remember why I don't. Minnesota. Well, I haven't watched it again. <laughs> it's pretty fucking sad. Yeah. It's not, uh, we're all going to die into Toy Story 3. Sad. No, it's not, yeah, apocalyptic, but right. it's sad. Fuck you, Pixar. <laughs> let's, uh, let's... Those are some of our fondest memories of feeling emotions. Uh, let's see what Adult Swim Facebook's Pixar. Total Recall, Memento, Eternalism. I love the butterfly effect. Dude, how my are car. The, how are there two Ashton Kutcher movies in here? Jesus, people. Johnny Fucking. Ray and I made Jason go see Dude, Where's My Car with us in the theater, and he was so disappointed in that choice. Um, but I liked that. They were both. They both saw the trailer, which is a well-cut trailer. It's so amazing because it's they one cut of the out trailer, all of the alien <laughs> the bullshit. Trailer, the trailer literally uses... It's the perfect example of using the absolute only good moments in a movie and literally every other second of the movie is fucking garbage and little, i knew it would be a little inside scenario whenever you're dealing with someone and you're cutting a promo they're like oh you're giving away the best parts and it's like yeah that's what gets people to go to your that's, movie that's what put asses in show. seats fellas and it was true and but ladies. i still like dude where's my car it's terrible what's mine say? fuck that movie let's see what the tsunami facebook picks are hopefully not two ashton kutcher movies I was trying to think nice. of the one where he's the Coast Guard swimmer. But Spirited I do Away, see, it does end Oops. up being about memory yeah. somewhat. Your name, yeah, definitely, yeah. but um, we already talked about that one for time travel movies and Inside Out. So, as usual, the Toonami Facebook picks. Killing it. Killing it. So, uh, let's... Let's get into 45 minutes. The next 45 minutes of the show is going to be showing you... Sneak peeks of shit. ...promos of various things that really aren't very new, but... We got a lot of new shit coming. New lineup. It's new to you. New starting time. Exciting stuff. New episodes. So why don't you're going to do the run through this time? Go for it. Okay. Uh, let's check out. You the... fucked it up. It's already no. Forget it. I'll do it. Actually, no. You go ahead. You go ahead and do it. Topical Sorry. for Dragon Ball Super episode seventy six, um, where they're in the middle of dealing with some shit. On the next all new episode of Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> what is this place? Hey, buddy, are you sure you're all right? I'm kind of worried. Frieza and Tambourine, Majin Buu, they all killed me! These guys are obviously just illusions, see? <laughs> Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 10.30. What is Dada doing? Right now, Dada's fighting a battle with himself. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. It's deep. Dragon Ball Super staying at its 10.30 time. Uh, but My Hero Academia moving to a half hour earlier at 10 o'clock, kicking off the new 10 o'clock hour of Toonami uh, tomorrow night. So let's 10 check to out. 4? Is that what we're doing now? It is. Yeah. It's a big 10 block. 10 4, thing. good buddy. We are indeed. Six hour challenge is back, baby. The six hour challenge is back. Uh, so let's check out the spot. On the next all new episode of My Hero Academia. The UA Sports Festival is in two weeks. Whoever impresses the audience will have a much better chance of becoming a pro hero one day. We won't know what the games will be until the first day. And so, we have to prepare for all possibilities. My Hero Academia, Saturday at 10. Introduce yourself to the world, and proudly say, I am here! Only Toonami on Adult Swim. Nice. And then uh, everybody's favorite new show, Pop Team Epic, at uh, no, no controversy at all on this pick. Um, but I like it. Uh, midnight. Saturday night, Pop Team Epic. Here we go. On the next all-new episode of Pop Team Epic. Hey, you morons. What? It's Pepe! Didn't I say there'd be no more YouTubing? Pop Team Epic, Saturday at midnight. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. And then new premiere English dub. 
for us uh, the next season of JoJo Diamond is Unbreakable, Saturday night at 12.30. This is the launch trailer mm-hmm. uh, for that show that Sarah cut. Something evil is lurking in this town. In a gruesome chain of horrific incidents, the death count has risen to seven. A catastrophic danger is closing in as we speak. <laughs> what the hell? Who let you in here? Great. I'm in the mood for a brawl. Shining diamond! Back off if you know what's good for you. This kid's power is unreal. You think you've won, but he'll be here to butcher you into bloody pieces soon enough. Who is he? Oh, you'll find out. He's the one who gave me this power. There's someone out there who can bestow the power of a stand? My moment has finally arrived. Say goodbye to this world. You are not getting away! If you want to piss me off, keep running! JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Diamond is Unbreakable. Premiering Saturday at 12.30. You and your prissy-ass hair are getting ripped apart! What the hell did you just say about my hair? Only Toonami on Adult Swim. Cool. And then Attack on Titan Season 3, back for new episodes. Back for more human eating. 11 o'clock. Back for more vor. Premiere. Uh, English episodes come in a little slowly, so this is the... This is the best we could do with not having uh, anything on time. This is the trailer, 30-second trailer. Here we go. The government is up to something. They want these two, and they're not being subtle about it. No more working from the shadows. They're bringing this fight out into the open. Long time, Levi. Kenny! Get ready for season three of Attack on Titan, premiering Saturday at 11. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. <laughs> I yeah. know when your big an- your big antagonist is named Kenny. Kenny, I like it. I Another love that show. Sarah special, uh, and then finally is our new extended version lineup uh, cut by Dave. Six hour challenge. Six hour challenge. Initiate promo. Tsunami's more action packed than ever. With a brand new start time. Introduce yourself to the world and proudly say, I am here. My Hero Academia launches the night at 10. You're doing good, kid. Dragon Ball Super rumbles at 10 30. Yes. All new Attack on Titan cuts in at 11. You get a gold star. 2 drops at 11 30. Top Team Epic fires off at midnight. JoJo is diamond at 12.30. I'm coming for you now. Hunter Hunter runs wild at 1. Violence is my power. Black Clover bewitches at 1.30. Ship it in, mixes it up at 2. I'm not going to hold back. Then One Punch Man goes blow for blow at 2.30. 3 is for loop on the 3rd. One, two, three. And Cowboy Bebop is on the hunt at 3.30. Be careful! Tsunami, now every Saturday night from 10 to 4. Impressive. Because we're chock full of so much shit, there's yep. no time for any extra stuff. So that's all we Good got stuff. for today. Good stuff. Hopefully uh, the blood, sweat, and tears of all the Tsunami staff making a million spots for you and putting on for a half hour earlier will somehow make up for the lack of an extra goodie us fucking around for another podcast, three or yeah. four minutes. So don't crumple your paper into the microphone. We're not done yet. Don't tell Fully. me what to do. Here, remember this. That's how I know script's approved. Thanks for watching. Bye. Yeah, that's, that is how he knows. Bye. Tsunami, now every Saturday night from 10 to 4.